Fucking Lycan. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, non-binaries, prefer not to say is welcome to another enthralling episode of Fucking Lycan. Today's return guest... Well, this recording is actually the second recording we had to do because we did two and a half hours on Friday night and the audio was an absolute disaster. Even worse than my usual average standards, this was dreadful. And bless his heart, he had a a, a good attempt at trying to fix it with his post-production slash sound engineering expertise but it didn't sound good so the end result is we decided to do a a fresh recording a do-over and he was kind enough to donate another couple of hours of his time last night which is very much appreciated so yeah uh, as you may have figured out my returning guest is a he and he is a member By night, he is a member of two tribute acts, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Carpets, and, as I discovered yesterday, a Shed 7 tribute act called Chasing Rainbows, both of which have Facebook pages, which I'll put in the description of the episode. Um, He's a family man, a husband, a father, former RAF veteran, you could say. Um, I met him at Lucas back in fucking hell uh, I want to say tail end of 2001 and I would say we've been friends you know a bit more than acquaintances we talk about it in the episode actually how the people that you you served with it's one of those things where you know life's busy people are doing stuff moving families jobs fucking you know take your pick for any number of reasons why people just have busy lives yet there's people there are people out there friends and acquaintances uh, fucking hell i'll have another go at saying that acquaintance what the fuck acquaintances I, ca- I can't say acquaintances oh there we go that was it jesus christ what happened there i think i had a fucking stroke but there are people out there that you you don't speak to regularly you know, you check in now and again, drop a message, a, a casual like on a social media post. We talk about that as well, my feelings about how social media has made the art of conversing with people quite lazy because you can just mass contact a, a, a larger group of people. But yeah, we talk about how after you know a period of time, you can just pick up and just chat like it's been, you know, a couple of months. So we do cover that. We cover quite a lot of things. We talk about the buzzwords of the day, which is fucking COVID. I think that's just because that's such a big thing in everyone's lives over the last year. It's it's hard not to talk about it because it's affected so many people directly and indirectly in so many different ways. So, yeah, we talk about that. And uh, it's... It's... Well... 
I was going to say it's odd, but it's not really, given what I've just talked about, how we did two and a half hours on Friday night, and then this chat we had last night was two hours again. And some of the stuff, because there was good points raised in the first recording, some of the stuff is a do-over of what we talked about, because I felt like it was interesting and necessary to cover again. But there's a lot of fresh stuff as well that we didn't discuss on Friday, so pleasantly surprised. Um, and I hope you all enjoy it. Um, and yeah, that's it. So my guest for this episode is uh, Del, the evil Emperor Ming Brown. Well, well, fancy seeing you again. <laughs> I know. The uh, fuck? <laughs> did we not just do this? <laughs> yeah, I could have, yeah. yeah it's, it's just a weird sort of uh, deja vu. But... I know. Well, it is what it is. It did, I mean, it, it sounded weird, so... Yeah, was, I mean, uh, look, I really appreciate you having a appreciate you having a go at fixing it like so that's all right it, it didn't take me long even even boosting the volume though it's out still you sounded like because i pushed you so much that you could ah, hear like noise and all that in the background there. Ah, yeah, yeah. but you know i did toy with the idea of like listening to you on headphones and just recording <laughs> it like my bit again but then i was like ah fuck it if you're free we might as well do another one so uh, it's just as easy, isn't it? So here we are. Sorry, so, sorry I'm eating a biscuit. That's all right. A little inside baseball for people that are listening. Me and Del did this on Friday night and did fucking two and a half hours. And then when I started listening back to it to edit, it sounded like dog shit. Not that any <laughs> of my other episodes have sounded even remotely fucking professional, but at least the volumes were level. <laughs> Yeah. I'm paranoid now about me being loud as fuck because I'm loud in my ears, you know. Yeah. So I've got the headphones plugged into the mic because it's a USB mic. And I couldn't get it to work before, but then you were saying that when you brought you bought your wife for her voiceover stuff was a USB one. And when you do that button, you can hear through the mic. Yeah. So when I was setting up today, I plugged it in did a wee preview record with just me, listened to it back, and I could hear me as well as, like, what's coming out the computer. So, fucking... What are, what are the two dials on it? As, see, on mine, I've got two dials, and one of them, it's like a mic... <coughs> Sorry, just COVID. It's a, it's a, mic, it's a mix between the, com- the, the output volume from the computer, so what you hear, and, like, a monitor in for your microphone. Um, I have Echo... Nice. Echo is the top one. Uh-huh. And then the volume is the bottom one. So that's, oh yeah, that's. Is that, can you hear the difference when you're adjusting that one? Yeah. Like from, I'm, from. I'm louder than that one. Right. So, so when you're adjusting that, it's not changing how loud you are to me. Is it it's not? Only, so that's just a monitor in volume. Does it change how loud I am to you? No. Does it? Can you hear or is it just monitor that's changing? It's just me that's changing. Ah, so that's just your monitor volume. So that's what just you. What if that's fucking with the recording though? Well, it shouldn't do. If you go to if you go to that uh, uh, audio settings and uh, do your test mic and then watch the, the the green meter and then twiddle it about and just make sure it doesn't affect it. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, that's still going up to halfway. Well, see that so then. 
right, I know this isn't much fun for the people just listening, but I haven't changed anything from from Friday. But this recording sounded okay, at least on the Windows player. Well, I think it'll be fine. I think the problem was, remember on Friday you were using your headset. You weren't using the microphone. Yeah, but it was a headset mic though, wasn't it? Aye, but I think, see, when I think back now, the the mic was sort of like level with your nose or something. Well, I didn't want it to be ironic. Too loud. I didn't want it to be too fucking loud. And it ended up you were like super quiet. But I just, I know if I've been on like um, the calls with the guys at work, if they have that microphone nodding at their mouth, you know, they sound like they're fucking miles away. I'm going to try and not swear as much because when I was listening back, I swore an awful lot. Um, I, fucking, the, I think the that's just a. I think the that's the thing we talk. Podcast is fucking like it. Do you know <laughs> what I think it is? Because I don't. Well, I do swear a bit when I'm talking to like people at work and that. But I think it's that old military thing. Um, I was going to say this to you the other day when we were doing it. You know, how you said um, when you start talking to people from that you were in the military with. It's almost like you could not talk to someone for like three or four years and then you talk to them and it's just like you were still with them the day before yeah but it's like other people you're kind of like if you don't talk to them for a while you're a bit cagey around them when you well i think that certainly for like because obviously when we were in the raft we were we weren't married we were single you know girlfriends and that but single so Mm -hmm. we lived together essentially in the same building and then a lot of us lift shared to work and then we worked yep. all day, and we were on detachments together. That's so you were con- constantly in each other's pockets. Yeah, but we, you know, being separate rooms, you still got your space. So we weren't like, if we'd all shared like a thirty-man room for three years, I, that we'd have been ready for killing each other. Yeah, there'd have been fucking riots. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the bond, is because technically we were housemates mm-hmm. for, you know, fucking four years, whatever. And yeah. uh, that, I mean, you were like three years in a posting and looking back on it since I've thought that that's been on average, the time I've stayed in a job is like three to four years. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's the natural rhythm instilled by my first job was the raft. Like, so you were sort of like three years in post and yeah. then, you know, often you were moved around. There was very few people were in a post more than maybe fucking five six years i mean there was some like but I, I think that's the difference why you can just pick up with some of the people that we served together with because we were in such close proximity that not in a fucking gay way but there's like a, a bond like a brotherhood well it was acceptable back then as well wasn't it what was it they used to say just because it's acceptable it's not compulsory i don't know what the yeah, regiment boys like used that. to say yeah. they wouldn't even get away with saying that now no, you know, they'd no. be like, oh, well, you can't say that about me. I'm identify as a fucking flower or something. Yeah, I've uh, I've identify as a lamppost. My pronouns mm. are it, they, fucking we. I've done some training on that at work. Yeah, you know the equality, uh, diversity. Yeah, that was. Do you, do you do you think? Here's a controversial point. Do you think it's necessary to be taught to be tolerant? Well, no. I, here, here, let me tell you, just quickly yeah. I'll preface this with I I don't care who you are or what you identify as. If you if 
like somebody comes along and says, look, I, I, I'm a guy, but I identify as a woman. I want to be referred to as she, her. Great. Fantastic. I'll do that. It doesn't put me up nor down. It's easy. I certainly don't mm. think I need training to know that if somebody wants to be treated a certain way with respect, then you should fucking do that. I mean, mm. if they're a respectful person, if they're a gobshite, then no, I'll treat you with the same fucking discon- um, what's the word? Malcontent as anyone else. If you're a cock. Like- I, I, I don't, well, maybe it's, maybe it's useful in the fact that might bring some awareness off to, I don't know, people for the, the, the likes of me, for example, that maybe know, know, not know what the right thing is to say and could inadvertently cause offence. But if that's the case, I really am not meaning it. Um, but on the flip side of that, your training's wasted on people that are, that probably need it because they are not going to change their minds anyway. You know, that that's, and who's to say, who's to say this whole left thing, left wing thing where um, everybody can't be hurt and needs to be included in that? Well, what about the people whose opinions is, I mean, you might disagree with their opinion and go, well, I don't like them because I don't believe in transgender or whatever. But I mean, that's their opinion. Just don't be friends with them people. Yeah. Just, I mean, if they're out, if they're out in the street with signs, fucking, kill all trannies or something like that right that's a different matter but if somebody yeah. says I don't I don't like transsexual people then that's up to them you know what I mean just don't be friends with them and don't yeah. hang about with their people I mean it might it might be considered an ignorant opinion oh well it, it, it obviously is but people especially from an older generation people are entitled to their opinions you know what I mean you're not going to change the mind of someone that's fucking 60 odd year old and was brought up in coal mines and whatever else just yeah, I mean, just, just don't go and drink in a working man's pub. Or I think something you do like have that. you do have to stop short at prejudices and mm-hmm. racism and bigotry. Oh, of course, uh, ultimately, the, the rule has been and should still be: treat others as you wish to be treated. Don't just don't be rude. Don't be an arsehole. And look, I if, think that's I think that's the overriding thing. Most people, if you miss nomar somebody and say. Oh, this lady has only got a, I don't know, you're in a queue for the fucking shopping. And you go, oh, this lady's only got fucking three grapefruits. You can serve her first. And he goes, actually, and, I'm a man. Well, yeah. Or I'm, I, I don't identify say, as in it. What she should do, sorry, I've just misgendered this imaginary person. What say, they should do. Excuse me. I actually prefer to be referred to as we, they, or them, they. And you go, Okay, I apologize, no problem. They have only got three grapefruits. Could you serve them first? Mm-hmm. And that's but the, the, but now, the thing is, people are too quick to become be offended. offended. Yes. And virtue signal and go, Oh, you've infringed my fucking human rights. And there's now, a theory I, behind that as well. Now that now I find that offensive because <laughs> uh, uh ironically. I think there's too many people these days are uh, too happy to be offended. Maybe not too happy, but it's almost like they want to be because they want to be a Karen. You know what I mean? Do you know what, what the, one of the theories I've heard from um, an evolutionary biologist that's appeared on Joe Rogan, unsurprisingly, has said that one of the, the theories is that way back when there was a hierarchy of needs, right? 
mm-hmm. and way back like middle ages you needed shelter you needed food and you could say you needed clothing that's maybe part of shelter and you also needed a partner support from yeah. a group and once you have all those things the needs become the like wants become needs you go well i want money i mm-hmm. want finances i want luxury items and they become needs but now that there's no adversity people aren't starving dying of fucking cholera only live until they're 35 they need a challenge they need something to overcome they need something to to battle and feel a, a victory over something so they create a challenge they create their own adversity by fighting back against people who are refusing to use lgbtq fucking whatever else language mm-hmm. they're using gendered language and this this isn't on this is outraged you no 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 go and fucking move to north korea then we'll see how much you give a fuck whether or not somebody refers to you as a fucking palm tree yeah i, I, I think there's probably this it's probably somewhere maybe not even in the middle uh, uh probably we still got a bit to go as a society um in terms of understanding and accepting who everybody is and are and mm. who they are um but there has to come a point where people who are i, don't, I wouldn't even want to class them as different but people need to then accept that they've decided who they are and we don't need to be rolling out fucking red carpets for them you know they just, no. they, they just need to be if they want to be accepted for who they are then fine they're accepted for who they are and then they just get on with fucking life like everybody it's, else we don't need a, to be walking around on eggshells for people you no, know what i mean no and it's a live and let live kind of thing i think exactly but i remember if somebody comes up to me and is nice and polite to me I'll be nice and polite to them back, and I don't give a fuck who they are. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Really, is as simple as that. Unless they're a, a pedo, you know what I mean. I yeah. kind of draw my lines at pedos and rapists and murderers and things yeah, like that. Yeah, they yeah. they deserve fucking contempt. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. well, that's that's when your moral boundaries are kicking. I, th- I throw back to our chat on Friday, um, when you said as well that you try not to have a public opinion because there's. Too many people with fucking opinions, mm-hmm. and if if you do, you kind of say the right thing. I've probably offended about 10, 10 different groups of people just in that opening statement, and that wasn't my intent. But you do know, you not I think, think pe- as well that offence is a problem for the offendee and not the offender, because you cannot and will not ever be able to cater for everyone. Yep, and well, as as my, I mean. It rings true to a certain extent, but the one of the guys in my band, he'll crack a joke and it'll be one of them Frankie Boyle-esque jokes, but it's a bit borderline. Like, and he'll go, ah, it's only language. You know, it's only language. And I mean, that sort yeah. of comedy is going to die out because you can't. It's getting to the point. Well, I mean, look at this. Uh, there's, there's still a market can't, for it. Well, there is, but it, it's slowly being ground down. Look at this whole cancellation culture where... Um, on Twitter, people were going after each other, and people in the Daily Record getting cancelled for historical tweets. And Aye. it was it was an English. I think he was a cricketer, 
he tweeted something. No, it was pretty bad what he tweeted. I can't remember what it was. It was a, it was, a, it was either racist or homophobic or it was something. But he tweeted it when he was, I think, fourteen, and then they've went. He got suspended, and it was something like nine or ten years later for some for something that he tweeted ten years ago. Somebody went, look, but this is what this guy's tweeted, and the guy actually got suspended off the ECB, and it happened to a football player as well recently. Um, but I mean. If that's the way we're going, you know, like I went and uh, limited all my historical um, Facebook stuff because if people are going back 10 years, you're like, well, I don't know what I said 10 years ago. I didn't know what I said two weeks ago. And I was a completely different person 10 years. Well, no, maybe a completely different person, but society was different. You had to be less guarded on what you said. Ultimately, if there's people that make their living through the medium of social media and it's in their interest to get likes and followers and you know I don't know if there are any podcasts that don't have this sort of mechanism in conjunction with the podcast but I know the ones I listen to I don't follow them on social media and Ultimately, if you're cancelled off Twitter, unless that's how you get an income, who gives a fuck? If Twitter, well, that's if, true. if I say something and Twitter goes, oh, you can't tweet anymore. Well, that's okay. I deleted that app fucking five months ago. I don't give a piss. You see what the, prob- the problem is? Um, it's getting go back to contacting people just via phone numbers, text, phone calls, the old school way. Because you don't have that problem. Contact via social media. I feel, and again, this is my opinion, and they're like arseholes, everyone's got one, not everyone needs to see it, but I feel like Facebook, if it's used for keeping up with friends, it's a very lazy form of communicating, because you can put out something that I think maybe my mum and dad, uh, my partner, you, and a couple of other people want to know, rather than taking the time to just text you or phone you individually and say, oh, we've got a new dog and fucking, you know, we rescued it from Italy. You can just put a post on Facebook and the people that it's relevant to see it and the people that it's not relevant to scroll past it and it's done. Uh Whereas what used to happen was you would write a letter and you would write it out five times for your grannies, your auntie, your fucking, your cousin in Canada. And that's how the news went. And it was more involved. There was more effort. Facebook is a lazy way of going, hey, everyone, look at this. And then you get on your day. On the flip side, is that efficient or is it just lazy? Do you know what the problem problem is? um, The likes of Twitter, Facebook, um, it's... There's no throwaway comments anymore. You could say something and I'll be held against you. And I know what you're saying. Well, unless you're making a living out of social media, then what does it matter? Well, what's actually starting to happen now is with this whole cancellation culture is they're actually going after people. For example, there was a a lassie that was in, she was wanting to become involved in media and she'd started being, it was in football. She was on the Celtic podcast, right? Mm-hmm. And she was start, starting to be involved she she I think her day job was a lawyer or something like that, right? And she was um she started to be involved with Celtic official media and she was doing interviews for them. She'd been on Sky Sports and things like that. Mm-hmm. 
No, she tweeted something years ago. Um, I can't remember what it was, but it was something that was offensive to Rangers fans, right? And that there's been this tit for tat going back, and they'd gone after Rangers podcast, and they'd gone after them. Now somebody's complained, and they've taken it to her work, and then she resigned because she was basically going to end up losing her job over it because she said something that's deemed to be sectarian or something. Now this is just one example. This is happening tit for tat all over, and it's happening. Um, to politicians, to reporters, um, it's people. Well, and these cricket players, for example, the one that I was on about, they're going after that guy for something they tweeted uh, when he was a, a kid. Yeah, but um, to, to try and get them to lose their livelihood, it's not like they're losing their income for social media. They're actually some of these people are losing their actual day jobs because it's something, something they've wrote years ago. Uh, something they've tweeted online years ago, maybe when they're angry, maybe when they're drunk. I mean, it doesn't excuse. Back then, it wasn't a massive problem. These uh, free speech platforms, you could say stuff on. Yeah. But now, now it, we've got to the point where free speech is being eradicated because of the, I don't know, offended culture. Everybody well, wants to be offended by everything. Here's the thing. Every... I guess the only limitation is how big you want to be. Mm. For for example, there's a podcast I listen to called Your Mom's House with mm -hmm. um, Tom Segura and Christina Pazitsky. And they look up some weird, like, Euro trash level shit. Like mm. faces of death, fucking physical graffiti type stuff. And it's not just that. But they have a section called Horrible or Hilarious where they'll play a video that people send in and nine times out of ten it's somebody getting hurt, jumping off a roof and definitely going to need all the surgeries on their knees. The kind of stuff that you like to laugh at. Yeah, but that's mm -hmm. what they do. Some of it is like, oh, you fucker. And some of it is like, that's pretty funny. But they, it's a very niche thing because if they were in, you, you could not do what they do on network television. But they mm -hmm. sell out theatres with their live shows and the people pay by their live podcast showings. There is a market. I mean, Frankie Boyle, like you were saying, his off-colour stuff, air quotes, I quite like him. And at the end of the day, it's about intent. It's just a joke. And if you're offended by it, don't listen to it. But that doesn't that mean one? you need to go after somebody and, oh, they said a bad word. Well, bad, bad for who? Bad to you? Or are you trying to jump in and virtue signal by going to the defence, air quotes, of, of another party? This is, this is the whole problem. If we go too far down this line, which we're already too far down that path for my liking. If you go too, too far down that and you want everything controlled, you, you, you're basically signing over. You're not far away from being communist yes. at that it point. It depends what you're listening to, because you're saying how like it's getting really bad and that. I I, ha I haven't noticed. I've heard like some comedians saying, oh, you know, there's a lot more scrutiny on what we say, but it's just jokes. But it's how much you dive into that world. I mean, uh -huh. okay, granted, your bands, your cover bands have a public Facebook page. So, you know, you've got to keep that kind of public friendly. It's yep. not like you can have hardcore political discussions or sociology no. discussions. You've got to keep it light, as it were. 
no, because like, you've got I, you've got to pitch down the middle because you've got people from all walks of life coming and watching it. So you don't want to offend yeah. people that and just be friendly with people. Yeah, but that's because I mean? that's that's people that might come pay money to yeah. come and see your gigs. Yeah, so yeah. I get that. But like, you know, fucking. I heard the other day that remember when um. Here's if here's a if I was on YouTube, this would get me fucking demonetized. Donald Trump is banned from Twitter, right? Uh huh. Yeah, the Taliban still has a Twitter account. I know it's wild, eh? Now, Although Donald Donald I Trump, know, to, to be fair, he did try and um, storm the was it the White House? Where was it they were? Oh, that wasn't Where? him, though, was it? Well, he basically sent a, a mob oh, down he? to. Did you not see all of that when they? He had that I rally. You, I barely pay attention. That's why I think fucking it's all about exposure. No, it wasn't the White House. It was the where's the where's the building where they all go and all the politicians and that go the senators and all of that. He sent them down to the Senate basically, and they all broke in. There was that guy oh, with the horns and everything. Capitol building. Yes, that's the one. Well, he During, he sent a fucking mob there. Well, he said, and we'll march or we'll march or we'll go to the Capitol building, and I'll be with you and all of that. Basically, they all just disappeared and oh, walked so into it. So it's fucking idiots then. Aye, idiots. Of course it is, yeah. but well, but, I would argue that that's still not as bad as the fucking Taliban, and they're still allowed on Twitter. It's like, remember back in the day when Sinn Féin was the voice of the IRA? Mm. And everyone was like, oh, you're the IRA. And they're like, no, no, we're the spokespersons for the IRA. We don't partake in any of the violence. Well, this is and I, somebody... Funnily enough, you could hear them. the fucking Taliban on fucking Twitter. Mm. And they're, they're allowed to put their, like, ideology on, like, re- religious fundamentalist ideologies on fucking Twitter. But Donald Trump can't fucking talk mm. pish. But there needs, like, there needs to be a, a line, like you know. The, but who decides that line? That's the problem. Well, this is it. If you embrace the American system and its freedom of speech, then that means all speech, mm-hmm. and you just have to be selective in what you. When you find something, you have a choice. You can either hear it out to hear the opinion and go, "Okay, I disagree." but I recognise that it's your right to say it, or you switch it off. And then and you the, go about you, your day. Do you know the other trouble is when they say, oh, well, we have to stop that because that's dangerous speech. But who decides whether it's dangerous speech? Is it only dangerous no. speech because it's against one group's agenda and one group's ideology of how they want the world to be viewed? Because yeah. it's like they say, one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. You know, yeah, I suppose. Don't get me wrong, blowing fucking kids up in cars and shit like that—that's not cool. You know what I mean? No, no. Um, I suppose then that's when you have to look at some sort of control measures. But it's a very complex. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't want to have to sift through all billions of posts a day. Mm-hmm. Oh, but they don't. It's, it's, all, it's all computer algorithms that do it these days, isn't it? Yeah, but sometimes that gets it wrong. I mean, if you have ISIS on a recruiting drive for easily influenced youth, like, you need to have some sort of measures in place. I mean, is age limits the answer? Age appropriate? Like they used to do with movies, like Robocop was an 18? 
I was watching a program on uh it was on Netflix, I think, and it was about uh, the whole social media sort of thing. And do you know what they do in China? See if you want to use the internet, you have to um face scan yourself in first, mm-hmm. facial recognition. So they if you do anything dodgy mm-hmm. online over there, they know exactly who done it. Yeah, well, they're also talking about um, removing the anonymity. You know, like on Twitter, you can just be an egg. Mm-hmm. They're on about, like, tying in a, your social media account to your national insurance number. Or in America, your social security number. Or if you register to vote, your v- registered voter number. Just something that ties the, uh, into the person so that you can't have these, like, bot troll accounts and you can't have people anonymous just fucking trying to get a reaction out of people like because for this i think i'm going to do a website for the podcast and like upload previous episodes and stuff but um i'm not sure i'm going to do any of the social media stuff for it Mm. just because i'm not going to read the comments anyway you never read the comments because there'll be people in there just wanting to fucking troll you you know what I mean? I know. So that's uh You've changed the camera from Friday. Have you moved? No, I've just uh, I've just moved the the computer was over there a little bit. Hmm. Um, is uh is this, is the sound booth still stinky? And no, it's not too bad tonight. I don't know. She's obviously had the door open or something. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's not too bad. So how how does the jobs uh, for people that aren't aware? Dell's other half does voiceover work amongst other things. But does she get issues with an agency? Do the people contact her directly? Is it? I, I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just get the, I just get the. Can you fix this? You know, normally she'll come to me with some files, or I need to record this. Although she's not been doing a lot, lot of it recently. She's been more concentrating on the Samaritans and the. Oh, the Samaritan stuff. And the counselling and the text and right. sort of stuff. If you, I know we covered this the last time, but if you don't mind, could you give us that, that brief rundown over that again, please? Because I, I found it fascinating that they have to do the, the trial runs for if, you know... Uh, so so Samaritans, they do, um, they do training. Um, I think she'd done it for like three or... F- was it maybe four weeks? And they were training on a Sunday for a couple hours a day and then she had to go into the... The office in uh, Edinburgh, and then there's some home study, and then they do an assessment, and the mm. assessment is um, she'll basically get three or four um, mock calls, mm-hmm. and it's like people. Some people are just maybe lonely, want to speak to people. A lot of the people she told me that they speak with are prisoners. Um, okay. pr- prisoners call Samaritans a lot, and uh, obviously there's. The thing that Samaritans is renowned for is the people that are uh, at the end of their sort of tether and I've had enough and, you know, decide to end it. So one of the calls, I think, that the test calls is that. And I, I was saying to you on the last podcast that um, what they said to them was sometimes people will call you up um, and it's they've already decided that they are going to end their life, but they just don't want to be maybe on their own when they're doing it. Um, which is a kind of a crazy thing for me to try and process that you're going to just try and support somebody whilst they're ending their life. You know what I mean? I know. That's, that's 
really what I wanted to get back to because when you did say that, that's why I was gutted about the last recording because there was some mm. stuff in it that was just like, that's fucking unbelievable. But that, like, you know, I, I've been low and I've done fucking stupid stuff and Christ Almighty, I've nearly been dead. But I like, that's just another level to, for both parties involved, for somebody to say, right, this is it. And I always found it like, and I always thought it would be something that you would want to do alone is just be like, right, that's it, I'm away. Because you hear so many people leave notes and stuff. You know, they get found by somebody and they're like, fuck's sake, I didn't even know that they were that way. But then also to like, to get that phone call and say, you know, whatever they say, um, I've had enough, this is it. Can you just stay on the line with me? That must be fucking so intense, man. I mean, I don't know how often it happens. And... They said to her, you know, when it does happen, after every call, they have to have a debrief call, every yeah. call. So even if it's just someone phoning up to say, I'm a bit sad. Uh, my husband's left me, I'm a bit lonely. Can we talk for 20 minutes? You know yeah. what I mean? Just, yeah. just, an, I need somebody just to talk to you. I'm feeling a wee bit lonely and whatever. Yeah. Or yeah. whether it's someone that's, I'm about to jump off the fourth road bridge. I just wanted to f- speak with someone before I'd done it. Yeah. They get debriefed regardless. Um, and there's counselling support and everything for them. So I think it would, t- you know, it takes quite a resilient person, I would think. Um, but we'll see how she gets on with it. Um, but she's been doing a lot of the, it's a little bit different because you're texting people. Um, but it's a platform, it's called Shout. It's a texting platform. Um, and I suppose it's probably more applicable to the, the, you know, the younger ones because most of the younger ones do a lot of their communication via text and, Social media, etc. Now, like we said, calling people is a bit of a dying art these days. Um, so she she does that a couple hours um, a week, and she'll be assigned um, a couple of texters, and she'll have a text conversation back and forward with them. And a lot of it is, you know, shouts a little bit different. For, well, I don't know if it's different for Samaritans because Samaritans will obviously offer support in that as well. But shout is um, from. My understanding, which is probably a little bit limited, I've not been through all the training courses, but they're, you know, they're they're trying to help. They're trying to offer. Um, is there someone you can go and talk to? Because a lot of them are kids. Is your mum in? Can you go and speak to your mum? Okay, you can't speak to your mum. What about this person? If it's money problems, you know, they'll try and offer them resources and things like that. Well, maybe you could speak to these people, and they've got like um, a load of things that are already set out for them on. It's quite structured, is what I was saying so, yeah, so, on Friday. So what's the difference from that to, say, citizens' advice? I don't I don't know. Maybe people are... They, they see these things. Well, I guess the shout is um, for people that are bottling it up and feel like they've nowhere to go. Maybe they've already been to citizens' advice. I don't know. Like, like, I, like I said last time, I'll, I'll have to... Um... Um, I spoke with her. She's with, she's up for coming on and having a chat with you. So, um, sure. we'll get we'll get that arranged and then um, you can have a chat with her. And she can she can give you more detail on it and yeah. what she's doing. And I will have to sort that out because you said as well that she's got a podcast with her mate. Yeah, it's called uh, Speak Out Not In, I believe. Uh, About mental Facebook. health. Yeah. So the the two of them are doing. Um, They've just done the the counselling. They've just done a counselling course, and Heather's going to 
She's been accepted by the Queen Margaret University to do a diploma for counselling. Wow. Um, so she'll be doing that. So they're, they're, they're doing a little podcast where obviously Heather's been doing the, the voiceover stuff and that's, you know, she's quite... Um, Eloquent. Yes. Yeah. She's, she speaks well, so... Not like us. <laughs> no. Not like us are rough bastards. She's not swearing all the time. She's got one of them... <laughs> Neutral dialect. Oh, uh, so actually, yeah. she she was up your way for a bit while she was a kid. She she went to Fockelbors Primary School. Oh, did she? Uh, up till she was in, but she was born in Canada. She moved yeah. back when she was, I think, two, and they went up north. And she she was up there till she was about nine. Oh, before they moved back down this way. Yeah, my mum and dad stay over that way. So that's uh, that's why we are. Up a couple of times a year, her sister still stays up there. Her sister didn't move back down. Her sister stayed in Falkenbors, mm-hmm. and then eventually she moved to Elgin, and she stays just outside Elgin now in Fogwalk. So, well, it's a fucking small world. Like, I'll hate mm-hmm. to speak to her about doing some sort of um, cross podcast. I can talk to her about my own mental health journey. I am sure she'll be. She'll be. Uh, I'm very interested in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very much more to the forefront now than it was 10, 15 years ago. There's a lot more support and development I, of the understanding these I did days. I see a thing. Somebody theorized that it's more prominent because more people are recognizing that they have some sort of mental health mm-hmm. issue. And it may not even be like a diagnosable condition like you say thing you know Shit. times are tough people are fucking lunatics you know uh-huh. fucking as we again spoke about before the the tinfoil hat brigade is just on fire just well do you know what do you know what else there is there's the um the green-eyed sort of culture you know everybody's seen everybody else's lives that are oh I'll try to do air quotes in when I don't need to because I'm talking to you. Um, it's quite a small room, but uh, everybody else has seen everybody else's perfect lives on social media because that's what they want to display. And then everybody else is maybe sitting at home and going, well, why am I not able to do this? How come they're getting to do that? How come, mm. you know, and it's not like that. Everybody's got troubles. Yeah, again, rough mm. with the smooth. And um, I don't know, is that making the problem worse? Uh, if people are putting themselves into more debt and making things more difficult for themselves to try and keep up with the Joneses? I don't know. I don't know. There's, there's a lot of issues, man. And there's fucking, I don't know if there is a root cause if you were going to do a root cause ana- analysis on society, where the fuck would you start? I mean, uh, equality of outcome can't be a thing because you don't have equality of effort. Well, that's I mean, true. Uh-huh. Equality of education, well, that is possible, I think, but it would be a bit of a utopian system would have to come in. Everything would have to be a public or a private. You can't have both. You can't have a public school and private schools and fucking, you know, to coin the phrase, posh schools or whatever. 
you would have to have everyone taught at the same level. And as well, you know, you can't do that. You have to go at the pace of the slowest person if you want to bring society along sufficiently. So even that wouldn't be a, a, a fix-all. Does it start with parents? Like, have like a curriculum for what your children should be taught with regards to manners, behavior, hygiene, like by the time they're three, you know, wash your hands, say please and thank you. Is should that, that be encouraged? Like well I'm a big advocate. I'm a big advocate of the um when I worked in Germany the, the lads were telling me there that if they weren't in some sort of apprentice program or college or uh, university or something by the, the age of I can't remember what it was they had to do a national service, sorry, unless they were in that. No, the national service wasn't specifically military. They could do a public service. One of the one of the guys told me that he, he drove a bus for, I think it was disabled children or something, he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd done that for a year or something like that. But I think getting everybody out at some point, my, my idea of everybody can have the perfect life. But I think if you give everybody the opportunity that they have an opportunity to be, I don't know, successful for them in yeah. their life, yeah. I think that would be what we should be striving for. That nobody is born into a situation where their only outlook on life is that they will uh, turn to drugs and have 14 children. Yeah, you know, you know, because there are people and, that are born. There's people that are born in places and situations that it would appear to them, and it seems pretty much that that is their only path in life. Yeah, and and that's quite sad. If we can, if we can move away from that, that everybody has an opportunity to, and you could argue, well, everybody does have an opportunity to get out of that. It, they can still go to school. They can still do whatever, but. All I'm saying is I don't think we should shut the door on certain places in society and say, yeah. yous are undesirable. Um, let's just close the door and yous can just fucking fester away on your £100 a week. And- but again, that's uh, nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. If you, I don't think any human is predisposed to have certain beliefs or behaviours. A lot of it is nurture. I think if you look at infants, for example, in a, in a play group or a nursery environment, they're talking to each other, playing with each other, sharing. They have their little squabbles, but that's them learning the pecking order, as it were, like you would get in a litter of puppies or a fucking pride of lions or whatever. The yep. little people working out their personalities, working out where they fit in this little community that is play school, play group, whatever. And then is very much, I suppose, like the way that people grow up in certain environments, be their parents devout religious people or, um, you know, inherently cruel people or lazy or unhygienic, whatever, pick your poison. Then... The, the child is like six, eight hours at school 
but then the rest of the day, the rest of the week, the rest of the months and years, they're in that environment. And it's only through the interaction with people their own age and schools and universities or whatever, military, workplaces, that they see a more diverse range of personalities. And that's when they really find themselves and go, ah, that lunatic asylum I was brought up in isn't the only way to go. I can also do this or I can fucking, you know, I can be a drag act in Blackpool. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Now, maybe if there, I don't know what it would be, but if there was some way to bring that to them earlier, maybe a reformed curriculum or uh-huh. extra free or subsidized out, you know, after school activities. I know there's like inner city places will do, you know, classes in podcasting in creating music and art and whatever trying to give these kids the the opening their eyes to the fact that there are other possibilities you don't have to be in a gang you don't have to put up with living in a shit house you can make it you mm-hmm. can follow your fucking dreams you know to be cliche but is that I think that would that work for everyone I don't know <laughs> No, probably not. But I think there does have to be some sort of intervention. Um, but where but, do you do it? Well, the thing the thing is as well, it's one of it's one of them difficult sort of questions. And people from one side will say, "Well, this is answered." People from the other side will say, "Well, why should we be giving them X, Y, and Z when I work for blah blah blah?" And I can see both arguments, right? Yeah. And but I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't know where to. Is it over? Is it overpopulation? Is it too too much population density in certain areas where the fight to survive is uh, amplified? If you're in a fucking, I don't know. I've never lived in one, but let's say you know those. You see those like sky rise apartments, and a lot of times they're in like rougher parts of towns and cities unless they're the exclusive ones with fucking penthouses and boys' guards on the door and that. But, like, the council just thrown up blocks of flats. They, stereotypically, from what you see on TV and that, tend to be shitholes. Mm-hmm. You know, don't want to be rude about it. I'm sure some people live in those places and are very, very happy. Well, look at them people that lived in them poor people that lived in that uh, block of flats in London. Oh, that Grenfell one. There's fucking. We drove by that. There was loads of like sheets and scaffolding that. I mean, it's awful in it. That unbelievable. Yeah. But it's but, just well, uh, well, some some, some folk are treated just as human waste, and that and I don't know. Is it's that just over, right? Is the root cause of that overpopulation? There's just too many people to manage. There's too many people to... You can't give every one of those people a three-bed house with a garden, a detached three-bed with a garden. There isn't enough space. I mean, can you imagine if you were to try and spread out London so that each person got a two-bed detached house with a minimum of a front and a back garden, how much bigger would fucking London be? It would probably be half the size of England. Well, yeah. how many people it's, live in London? Well, uh, well like you say eight, that, right? There's like 8 million people just in London. There's 5 you know million what? in fucking Scotland. 
Do you know how many people live in India? Like a billion or some shit. What one point four billion? That's, That's mad, what. Do you remember? See, with the whole quote, uh, kind of like a, uh, I don't know, a segue here or sideways movement. But see, with the whole COVID thing, and they were showing that on the TV, and they were like, "Look, they're having to burn people in pyres. There's that many deaths." And you're like, "It's not just fucking built in pyres. That's how they get rid of their dead anyway, because there's that fucking many of them." You know what I mean? Uh, you know, they, they, that's that's how they get rid of their dead. There's no, there's throw, no man, throw them no, in the pits. Yeah, there's no more room in the fucking ground because there's a billion mm. of them. There's a billion, uh, what, over a billion people in fucking China as well. I think it's something like uh, it's one point four billion, and I can't remember, but, but there's there's uh, like millions, millions of. Well, obviously, there has to be millions of Indians die uh, every year. But do you know what does kind of... Because obviously I haven't personally done a census on the entire fucking planet. But I've been through, you know, Birmingham and Wolverhampton and in, in the past and Glasgow and wherever. But then you do travel, especially on train or on plane, from city to city, and there's still a fuckload of space left. Well, that's what I was going to say to you. There's a lot... <laughs> when you look at a plane, when you're on a plane, there's a lot of green land. It's all green land. And then you go, oh, look, there's a city there. And then green yeah, land for ages. Yeah, yeah. And there's a city. But I mean, but it's then probably... If you, were, if you were on the 10th floor of a block of flats that's got six apartments per floor, you don't know anything other than what you see on TV or hear on the fucking radio or the internet. That building and your route to school or the shops... Mm-hmm. So they run like city zoo programs for kids that have never seen a fucking coup before. Well, some of them cities are basically fucking zoos, you know what I mean? Look, yeah. remember when we were in Idaho and we were watching the film on the TV that night and it, it was kind of like a... I don't know, Idaho must have had some religious rules or whatever because the swearing in that was all cut out in all the films. Remember any of the dodgy bits? Uh, any of the bits where there was there was going to be nudity and that you're like oh I remember this bit and then it was gone yeah yeah I was uh, censored everything was censored it was uh, oh fuck it was Total Recall uh, is that what we were watching with three yeah. boobs yeah and it wasn't there was no boobs there was no swearing but that's America like we mm. see like Graham Norton and that Americans the actors and that come over and every time they're with somebody another like a British guest that swears Mm-hmm. Every time they go, oh yeah, forget you guys are allowed to swear on TV over here, and yet most movies, I mean, the land of the free, American, <laughs> isn't it? Free speech, the land, the land of the fucking, free, yeah, Hollywood, yeah. and you've got like Samuel L. Jackson, motherfucker, this motherfucker, that motherfucker, the other. But you you're allowed to shoot people. You're allowed yeah, to shoot people and have a gun, but you're not allowed to say <laughs> fuck. Yeah, <But> you can't <laughs> how say mental us. is that? <laughs> how mental is that? America. I liked America though. Yeah, uh, it was moons, good. Moons over my hammy. Yeah, uh, you that had was, that. Uh, that was Wendy's. That was. Mm-hmm. I remember how much we were laughing. That was fucking great. Oh, I don't know what they're doing upstairs, man. Hopefully that doesn't come over. Okay. She'll either. be sh- she'll be battling them to go to bed. I'll bring <laughs> this a little bit closer so that it blocks out the rest. But I uh, she'll be battling them to go to bed. So. Um, I think I can hear her shouting at them. <laughs> I can. It's all right then. Well, the background noise will be all right in that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Oh man. Speaking of you COVID, do- I asked you about this last time, but I'll bring it up again because it was another interesting topic. Now that the restrictions are lifted, you are back on the road. Mm-hmm. And you you tell me that with another cover band, not just no fly, no Gallagher's high flying carpets. We do shed seven as well, but although we've not been out, we've got a gig in December, and I think we'll probably do a couple of support slots to ourselves. I play bass in that one. Bass? Yep, so just to mix things up, the bass player for the High Flying Carpets, he plays guitar, and the Shed 7 one, and I play bass. Just to, although I can play all the guitar parts for it because he had something on, so... um. Basically, he can play all the guitar parts for the No Gallagher stuff, and he plays the bass, and I can play all the guitar parts for the Shed 7 stuff, and I play the bass for that. So if either of us can't make a gig, we've got a guy that stands in that does bass. So he'll come in and do the bass, and either me or Mike will move on to guitar. So if it's Shed 7, I'll move on to guitar. If it's the High Flying Bird stuff, Oasis, Mike will move on to guitar if I'm off. So it's that's we've got cover for that. So, who, so if he goes off when you're with, what was the Shed 7 one? Chasing Rainbows. Chasing Rainbows. So if he goes off, because I normally play bass in that, you I'll do. move on to guitar. Who does the bass? Well, we've got a guy that comes in and plays uh, bass. He's almost like the sixth Beatle. <laughs> <laughs> His name's Steve. Like but like um, Pat Smear from Nirvana. Uh, he's, a good, he's a good bass player, but he's, um, he's too busy to do it as much. So he, uh, so he comes in and... Um, we actually that's where our rehearsal room is it's at the he has a, a landscaping company and in the back of his offices he's got a big room and we've got all our gear in there so how, when did the, the shed seven one came up come about well that's been going basically since i in fact it was going before i joined the high flying carpets so when i joined i knew derek in fact i knew all of them because i'd played with them before but derek and ross they were indefinitely oasis with me so Derek's the guy that does the Noel, he sings, and Ross is the drummer. They well, two are definitely Oasis. Obviously Noel isn't part of Oasis, so you mm-hmm. have to fuck off. Well, it's pretty much... It's pretty... It's, I don't know what they're doing up there, but it's pretty similar. Um, that Noel left and then the drummer went with him and then the guitar player went with him too. So when I, when I decided that I was too... That was too much for me to do the Definitely Oasis thing anymore. Because they, they are massive. Who's that? Definitely Oasis. They're all over the fucking place. Yeah, he plays all over the place. Um, but we've got more Facebook followers. Have you? So we're friend, bigger. A little friendly, and, friendly rivalry. <laughs> I don't. Well, it's I friendly. That's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah, but you are all like mates. There's no like animosity. Nah, nah, it's you, just... You, you all do, like, the covers festivals and that, and fucking... Uh, they tend to do a little bit of a different circuit from us. Um, they play different festivals, we're in a different crowd from them, but, I mean, they do fine, we do fine. Yeah. So there's plenty of gigs out there for everybody, so... Oh, well, that was it, yeah, because, um, again, I mean, it's repetitive for us, but nobody listening heard the last one, so doesn't fucking matter really that we were saying how it's usually a front men that like book everything arrange everything yeah. and it's just yeah I, I think that te- I think that tends to be the case for 
most of the these types of bands that I've come across, a lot of the time it is the front man that does it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess do you know probably when you, when you talked about it, I remember. Do you remember the Anchorman, where all mm-hmm. the news crews have the battle in the pub? Yeah, and it's like the anchors are like the Channel Five news crew are going to kick your ass, and then it's like mm-hmm. the sports guy behind them, the weather guy, the fucking. Mm-hmm. The co-anchor. That's how I think of it. Like he's meeting backstage at a covers festival, but it's like your front man against the fucking uh, the complete Stone Roses mm. front man. And well, I stabbed a man in the heart with a trident. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> it's a brilliant film. Yeah. I, I like all of the uh, Will Ferrell stuff. Step Brothers is brilliant as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talladega Nights, The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. And that's good. Uh... Uh, old school, you seen that? Oh, old school's funny. Frank the Tank when he runs through the street naked. Oh, no, I haven't seen that one. No. Have you not? I need no. to watch old school. It's funny. There's a there's a new one or a recent one, Eurovision. I've not seen that. That he's done. Um, I liked uh, Blades of Glory with John Hedder mm-hmm. as well. That was good. That was funny. Uh, you need to watch old school. It's funny. I'll give it a look. I'll add it to the list. But yeah, so. Uh, venues wise big difference between Scotland and England then with the whole restrictions being eased um, or is it just a fucking free for all no no um, there is the whole you know the whole Covid passport which we talked about in the last one and I didn't want to go into it too much but um, obviously that's well, happening see, in I Scotland do. that's why I brought it up <laughs> and that that's that's not our decision we obviously are like any other person in the country bound by the laws of the country or uh, wait a minute before i get this wrong is it a law or a rule i'm not sure anyway you know these people will jump on it and go it's not a fucking law it's a rule but whatever it is right we are bound I, by I the, think it's we the, are bound by whatever the venues tell us to do i think basically. it's going to be read into law i believe right i think so I don't, anyway, I don't think it fucking should be, but that's just between. You well, and well, you on, and on, water. Yeah, well, that's all down to personal opinions, isn't it? And personally, I think it's harsh as well, but it is what it is. We do uh, have to abide as by the venues tell us, but there are ways and means of. I wouldn't say sidestepping any rules, but working within the rules to your advantage. Um, so, well, like you say, you know that you can take your mask off for eating or drinking or leaping dancing. about like a dafty. So this <clears throat> this gig we're doing it on Saturday in Glasgow at the Classic Grand. It's um, I think the capacity for the Classic Grand is normally five hundred and fifty. But the capacity has been limited for this event to, I think, under 500, which then, so the classic grand, they've taken this decision, not us. So I don't, I don't want to put this on us because people have their opinions either way. Mm. But they've taken the decision that they'll restrict their capacity to slightly under the threshold in order for there not to be the COVID passports. Okay. Um, so I'd imagine there's probably quite a lot of venues are working that way, but that you know there's all rules and guidance. Like you're not allowed. I don't know. I've not read it. 
I've not read it, but they've obviously read the guidance and the legislation or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and they've deemed that if we are under X number, you do not need whatever. And I think it's some of the football stadiums I heard are the ones that are sort of close to the limit, I think, is it 10,000 for an outdoor event? Fuck knows. No idea. Whatever it is. But some of the football stadiums that are close to it, they are going to slightly restrict themselves as well. Or they'll probably just announce that they've let in less people. So I wonder, like, say, you know how there was furlough and people mm-hmm. could, businesses could apply for, like, compensation. Let's say you were fucking, I don't know, who's touring just now? Ed Sheeran, right? Mm-hmm. Who could probably sell comfortably what, 20,000 a, a mm-hmm. stadium, give or take, maybe? Oh, you would easily sell 20,000 tickets, huh? Okay, easily. so let's say, I mean, what's Anfield seats? Do you know? 40, 48,000 or 50,000, something along those lines. Okay. So let's say, like, because, I mean, performers tend to announce tours like a year in advance because there's a lot of scheduling and fucking logistics and planning involved. So let's say, let's say for argument's sake, Anfield's 40,000. And I'm sorry if anyone listening screaming at me going, you fucking tool, it's 43 and a half. I don't care. Let's say Ed Sheeran has announced for Anfield tickets and he sells out. But then the venue's like, no, no, we're half in the capacity. Does he have to then honour the rest of the tickets for another date? Does the venue have to compensate him for loss of sales? Or is that up to, like, management to negotiate? I don't. I think they would just go with COVID. Well, England doesn't have COVID passports for a start, right? But say it was in Scotland... Um, right, Murrayfield. Uh, well, they would go with the COVID passports because that's what the football teams are doing. Because Heather works at Hearts in the ticket office and they are getting absolutely battered with the people just now that have bought season tickets, etc., but can't attend because they've refused or they can't have their vaccination and they don't have a COVID passport. Um, and yeah. just just to clear up something for any of our Scouse friends, Anfield's capacity is 53,394. Well, that extra four is all the difference in it. Yeah. Ed Sheeran would piss that. <laughs> I'd sell it out in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, but, uh, I suppose, like, like that venue you're playing at, you know, it's not 30,000 people. So they've said, right, we don't want to honour the passport system, so we'll just drop our capacity. I, I think Scotland is, I don't know, See, it's becoming a nanny state a little bit, I feel. And she although she did do some things well, Scotland's performance during COVID was amongst the worst in all of the European countries, despite all the stuff that she implemented. Um, But how much of that is down to people just not giving a fuck and going, fuck you, I'll do what I like? Well, I think a lot of that was because, due to that, because they felt like they were being dictated to. Mm-hmm. You know, people weren't given the option to be sensible for themselves. Although they said, oh, we're needing people to be sensible for themselves. No, you're not. You're saying to them, you must not leave the house. You must not do this. You must not do that. You know 
British people, Scottish people, if you say to them you can't do something, they're going to fucking do it. Yeah. That it's an inherently British, Scottish thing, rebellion. But That's what the... The thing is... It's bred into the people. Yeah, thrown back to an earlier point, you've got to go at the pace of the slowest person. And I've seen a lot of people, and I personally have seen a lot of people in the past and very fucking recently in public facilities pissing everywhere and not even looking at the sink, just walking past. And like, despite the fact that there's been a fucking pandemic on, wash your hands anyway, you dirty cunt. Basic hygiene. So if you can't, if you, all they had to go on, as far as I'm aware, was the numbers of admissions with positive COVID was going up and up and up. And despite them going, look, please, people, fucking wash your hands, cover your mouth, don't cough on each other, stop swapping spit in the park, meeting strangers for fucking gangbangs and bogs. Just please, for a little while, stop it. Try and get the number back down. And for whatever reason, the number was increasing. So they had to either do nothing, in which panicky Pete's would be like, oh, you just need to do something. You're fucking shit at your job because you're not looking after the people. Or they have to go, right, we need to fucking install some sort of lockdown and force to keep people apart. Don't get me wrong. I think they had a very, very difficult job because... They couldn't make a decision beyond scrutiny. Every decision was being scrutinised to the nth degree, and then there was, then that's why there was so much backflipping on decisions. They'd make a decision, and people would go, "Why are you doing that? Shouldn't you do this? Why are you not doing this?" Yeah, there was. You mean no... you're not doing that? And then it's, oh, actually, hold on a minute. Well, look at Boris Johnson. We're yeah. going to bring in vaccine passports. Big stink. Uh, actually, we're not going to do that. How many was, times did they put it in reverse? Yeah, it was. it's just the level of backlash when a decision was announced and there'd be 60% outrage. They would go, okay, well, we'll do this. And there'd be 30% outrage. And they would go, okay, we'll do, we'll go with the 30%. I, see, a lot of it was, wasn't strong leadership, like, like you're suggesting. A lot of it was throwing things out, testing the water, and then seeing what the reaction would be and then going with what the path of least resistance was. Yeah. But that's what, like I say, that's what they had to do because if they did nothing, they'd be fucking chastised within an inch of their lives. And they did something, and some people said it was too much. Some people still said it wasn't enough. There was people calling for fucking martial law, the idiots. Mm-hmm. Just well, wash that's... your hands, you dirty bastards. Do you, know, do you know what I think a lot of the problem was? They probably gave out too much information to people that were um, tinfoil not a, brigade, not in a not in a position, or not well enough educated, or not rational enough to be able to make logical and sensible decisions. So all these briefings on the news and these public announcements and these things that you could go on and read all day, uh, this is the numbers, and this is this, and this is what we're doing for that. They gave out too much information, in my opinion. People say, oh, we, we have the right to be informed. But then they're, they're directly affecting their ability to make decisions which are important, rather than going, now, don't get me wrong, I'm sure they held some it back, but th- there should have been the whole military need-to-know thing going on. You know, this was yeah. an important thing, and they should have been, 
well, just look at the fucking state of what happened a couple of weeks ago. BP, was it BP? Dropped that stupid thing where they made that announcement. Oh, we've had to close a couple of fuel stations because we were unable to get deliveries out to them. Mm-hmm. Now, that was a fairly minor thing. The majority of fuel stations still had plenty and they still yeah. had enough. But what happened? Oh, no, there's no fuel. Boom, for every petrol station, absolutely battered, drained dry within days. Yeah, and then there was no fuel. And there was a bit of that went on with the whole COVID thing as well. You know, they were the news, the news was massively responsible for it. News, social media. Well, his... the report, and I, I instantly seen what was going on and going, that's too much. What this is, it's constant battering you with fear. I was, I'm not letting the boys watch that off. The news now, there's very little independent news out there. It's all mm-hmm. about getting eyes on, getting mm-hmm. viewers. Mm-hmm. ITV needs viewers for the adverts. So sensationalism of yeah, everything. BBC needs viewers to to warrant the fucking continuation of that cunt and license fee. I'll tell you, this might sound like an odd statement, but when I was in St. John's last year, mm-hmm. I watched no news, and it was arguably... Blissful. <laughs> yeah, from, well, June, mid-June to August when I was discharged. That was probably the height of the fucking the, pandemic. Yeah, the hysteria, <laughs> daily briefings and all that shit. And I didn't watch any of it. And I don't get newspapers. I just sat in that wee room, looking out the window, feeling sorry for myself, smelling a bit fucking well done <laughs> for nine weeks. <laughs> and then I come out and it was like, oh, yeah, this fucking pandemic's still on, isn't it? Do you know what? Do you know what my opinion or my personal well, opinion look, on it is? When, when, remember, we covered this on the recording on Friday. But when you and Keith and Stuart came round to that flat to visit, uh-huh. and we sat apart. Yep. But there was like we're sensible, intelligent people. Nobody was mm-hmm. like, "Oh fuck, are you carrying a disease? Oh no, don't breathe at me," because mm-hmm. you fucking, we've got sense. Well, you see, no, I've all, I've always no been like man. that. I've I've always been like that. I I wouldn't go and visit my gran if I had a cold, yeah. because it might just be a cold to me, but it could fucking kill her. You yeah. know what I mean? She's seventy eight years old and weighs six stone. I'm not going to go and see her if I've got the cold, because yeah. what might be a sniffle to me put her in hospital. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it obviously was bad. Um, is bad. You know, it's for some people. Certainly. For some, for some people. I mean, there's been a lot of people that have been uh, badly affected by it. There's a lot of people that have become seriously ill or killed by it. But do I think it was overegged by the media? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It is it obviously is nasty, but it's been the fear and the situation that's been created by it. Um, I was, wonder if because a much. lot of the time you get the impression that the media is in certain political parties pockets mm-hmm. like the media wants to be on board with or wants to align with certain policies to be in the to be in the good books of that party so that they get the insider scoop the info 
So I, I wonder if a lot of the hype was to try and bring the public in line with the government's direction. Yeah. Well, well, scare them into following in line, as it were. Well, I think there's prob there's probably, again, in my opinion, there's probably a sort of midpoint to you have these people. We were going on about them uh, on Friday. These conspiracy theorists that believe in everything, which then detracts away from any valid points that they have. I think there was probably a sort of middle ground where clearly there has been a pandemic and a, a nasty uh, virus that's been going about that's been particularly bad for some people. But I think that it, the opportunity has been seized by um, politicians to be able to advance certain things that they wouldn't things and legislation that they wouldn't have normally been able to get through and they have well, got that's it through a classic fucking trope I'm again referring to America look at the Patriot Act following like 9-11 and the fucking the the rising of the Taliban and then later ISIS and that the Patriot Act was like if they cite a reason of believing national security is at threat, they can just arrest someone, not charge them, and hold them indefinitely in Guantanamo Bay. Mm -hmm. And they fucking yeah. did it. Same with listening into like people's conversations and tapping phones and all that fish. And, you know, your uh, conspiracy theorists again will say, oh, they're doing that to everyone. No. But they can now without warrant do it to people who they consider persons of interest so this whole uh like having a crisis so that they can just bring in a, a rule or something in the back door sorry man i was just telling her to stop shouting that's all right i was saying like they bring in some sort of crisis so that they can enact a law or a regulation or a rule without any objections because people are distracted it's like here look at the shiny shiny fucking that's it we're monitoring your calls we can kick in your front door without even asking permission and when it's all over and calmed down and they start kicking in people's front doors you go hold on who let you do this <laughs> you go you did why well, you were looking at the fucking the boy with the isis flag on the telly uh -huh. we told you about it patriot oh, did you fuck Oh, well, and they call it the Patriot Act so that nobody's oh. going to, I mean, who's going to argue against being a patriot? I know. <laughs> Fuck. You it's hate sneaky. your country. Everything is uh, manipulation by, by people in power. Everything. Ah, they'll they're, they're use any situation. People not in power manipulate. Mm -hmm. Christ. It's a, it's a effective tool. Oh, back on the Robocock. Is that the nicotine-free Robocock? Nicotine-free. Uh, Diet Coke. <laughs> is that, what what flavour is it? Um, some fruity menthol thing or something. Men, mint fruity pish. Yeah. Now we give up I, on that. I did vape for a bit, but now we ended up just using Champix, and I, that worked fucking great for us. Like, 
But I don't even have any nicotine anymore, so... Just a habit in it, doing something with your fingers. You want to get some of those candy cigarettes? Give them a good <laughs> fucking soaking sieve. Remember the ones in the paper? The chocolate ones in the paper? It's like five pence for like fucking ten of them. I'll end up about 20 stone. <laughs> I'm 20 stone. Well, no, I've actually, I've broken 20 stone. I'm 19 now. Nice. Coming down. Is it gym again this morning? Fucking beast in it. But I, um, back to when you were saying about how, like, you wouldn't go see your granny with a cold. I was going to mention this again as well, because I thought this was pertinent to the, the, this discussion is the fact that the flu vaccine's been rolled out. And mm-hmm. my gran was given a flu vaccine and fell really unwell after it to the point where she actually passed away from like. Uh, you said it was only a couple of days, eh? Yeah, it was difficulties. Complications. That's yeah. that's the, what they're citing now, isn't it? Complications due to. Numa, something, something to do with her lungs. Mm-hmm. But she, it, the, the flu vaccine, fucking, she got it every year, like, but for, the, for some reason, this one, it just battered her. And mm-hmm. uh, the the home that she was in called out the G-Docs. And the G-Docs came out and said, man, you know, she's not doing great, but we should maybe think about getting her at hospital, but we'll see what the, the home GP says in the morning. So in the morning, the, the GP for the, the care home came came out to see her and was like oh fuck you need to call our family like so they phoned my mum and my dad and they went through just dropped everything and ran through and then because uh, my mum was the only one allowed in because although there's no restrictions they're still being cautious with like the flow of people or pedestrian traffic um so they were kitting her out in her gown and her gloves and doing her tests and that and then one of the, the carers came out of the down the corridor and said, uh, uh, "I'm sorry, she's got she's passed away." Like, and that was Wilder. like 36 hours from getting the flu shot. She was fucking dead. So that's that's, I mean, that's you know, if somebody had, if my mum had the flu, she wouldn't go and visit my granny. No, and, but you're intentionally giving someone. I know they say it's inactivated, that, but most people. I know when they get that sort of thing, especially as they're older, that they tend to be not well for a few days. When Heather's dad got the COVID vaccine, he was ill with that. So was my mum. And you heard a lot of people, particularly the ones that were getting the AstraZeneca, because that was the yeah. inactivated viral vector or whatever the fuck it was that they said. That, I you know, they that were was all mRNAs. No, AstraZeneca was a viral vector, I believe. So it was an inactivated cold virus or flu virus or something. It was a carrier. To carry it was some new technology, but it was different from Pfizer and Moderna. And well, that's, that's that Valneva one that they're making as well in Livingston. Mm. That factory is open down to the bottom of Livingston. That's the same or similar technology, I think, to the AstraZeneca one. Um, the one it's that all fascinating they, shit, like the one that they implant the 5G chip in your arm and right. uh, download, so fucking, uh, download your bank details and everything. So Jeff Bezos can. Keep an eye on you when you're away for a Tommy tank. <laughs> if listen, I've, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If Bill Gates wants to know when I'm away for a shite, then just ask. Himself. Yeah, <laughs> just I'll send him a picture. 
<laughs> Look at the crimped end on that. <laughs> but that big, gr- like big brown vaccinations, python. I've never, never had any sort of side effects, touch wood, with any of them. But I know, like my mum, whenever she gets the flu one, it really batters her. But my dad doesn't have any bother with it. And it's the same as the way actual diseases affect different people. Some people get a, a cold and it's an absolute fucking stinker. But then some people will get a cold and they oh my throat's a bit sore <clears throat> and then they're better the following day. Well, that's me. I, just now, I used to get them when I was younger pretty bad. But see now, I, my nose will like literally run for a day and then that's it. Um, but when I got the COVID vaccinations, the first one, uh, I had a sore arm the next day. The second one, I felt like I had a hangover. Mm. You know, like you, you know, like that way you've maybe had eight pints, and you're not like hammered, but you feel a bit weak the next day. And for some reason, your fingers smell funny. Yeah, <laughs> smell like beef. Yeah, <laughs> smell like beef monster munch. <laughs> you haven't been anywhere. Haven't been near anyone, but they fucking smell funny. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder what's going on there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, remember no, when you... It's all about the antibodies, though. It's like, I, my stance on this as well. Fucking, I've got a lot of stances. I'm very opinionated for somebody that ultimately doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, I don't fucking matter. But I, I think that um, all that lateral flow test and that PCR test and all that pish. That's all well and good, but they should try and roll out widespread antibody testing so that they can accurately pinpoint who's had it and who hasn't had it. Because then if you've got the antibodies, then you're far less at risk of fucking dying because of it, because you've already had it and beat it. And they reckon, I read this thing, I haven't fact-checked it, but the early studies suggest that having the antibodies is 16 to 32 times better protection for you than the vaccines. So if you've had the antibodies, you can make an even, if you get a test and they go, oh, you've had it, and you're like, oh, did I? Oh, that must have been that cold I had in March. Oh, well, and you can relax a lot more. I mean, you might still get it again, but at least you know there's a fucking high chance you'll get through it without any issue. And if you're, if you say you like the test that your wife and the kids and you've all got the antibodies and you can go, Oh, well, that's, that's a load off. We can relax a little. We're not fucking ducking and dodging out the way thinking shit. Have they got COVID shit? Have they got COVID because you've already had it. I'm not like that now anyway. I mean, I wasn't, I, I was obviously, I've always been one for keeping my distance for people because Basically, I just didn't really like being that close to other people. Yeah. They're weird. People are but, rancid bastards. Uh, yeah. So, um, but now that I've been vaccinated, and again, this is my opinion, I don't want to upset any people that don't want a vaccine in case it turns them into a fucking chimpanzee or whatever it is they think. <laughs> um, but now I feel that... <sighs> I'm quite, I'm prepared to take my chances and in going into these situations that I'm going into. I'm in the younger age group, I haven't got any health conditions and I've been vaccinated. So 
I'm pretty low risk. If I was to catch COVID and die from it, I'd be rather fucking unlucky, I think. Yeah. I mean, no, no and don't get me wrong, a lot of the people that have caught it and died from it have been unlucky as well, but I mean, people are unlucky and get cancer. People are unlucky and get fucking run over by cars. People yeah. are unlucky and are, and are in car crashes. If the goal is that people will never die anymore, like Team America, yeah. promise me you'll never die and I'll sleep with you right now. Yeah. I promise you I will never die. <laughs> <laughs> if that's the goal, that people will never die, then fuck, didn't we? Yeah. Things will never fucking end. Although I am pretty sure I'm immortal. Mm. Um, but yeah, the only thing really going against me is the obesity, is the weight, because they say that that puts extra strain on your cardiovascular system. So people well, if 33,000 volts couldn't kill you, I'm pretty sure you'll be all right with <laughs> fucking COVID. Well, this is it, because I, I take my multivitamins, I take vitamin D3, I take zinc, I take fucking... Uh, turmeric? Cod liver oil. I have turmeric in my coffee. Oh, um, I, I take one of the turmeric uh, tablets, but it's fucking horrible, man. Yeah, no, we like, use like a burp after it. Because one of the one of the lasses that my other half works with, her family's from that neck of the woods, and they all have like turmeric. what Asta? Yeah, they all have like <laughs> turmeric a lot in their cooking, and uh, you know Asian cooking. Yeah, and uh, I mean they're. At least over here, they're very rarely ill in those communities, unless it's something to fuck. Or is it just that it's not reported? Oh, maybe. Hi, maybe. But um, so yeah, you know, and I'm exercising more now, and I'm eating healthier, and I've been double jabbed, so I still don't want to get it because, although I'm pretty confident, having read and listened to a few things, that I think I'd be okay. There's still an element of the unknown because it's there's been no pattern to it. Some people mm-hmm. have had it and been fine. Some people have had it and been fucked. Do you personally know anybody that's died from it? I know of two people. I didn't know them, but I know I knew the people who knew them. I I personally know one person that's died from from it directly from it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a guy I used to work with, and I think he was only like 50, 59 or sixty or something. But, um, so he's in that bracket for complications. Like, yeah, I don't know what health conditions that has. It was when I worked in the semiconductor plant, so it was a few years ago. But yeah. Yeah, he he said, oh, it was before I think all the testing and that, and or the widespread testing. And I remember seeing it on his Facebook saying that he was coughing and spluttering and self isolation for me. And then the next thing I knew, one of my uh, friends that I worked used to work in the semiconductor plant text me and says, oh, did you hear that uh, so-and-so died? And I was like, holy shit, what happened? Oh, and he said, did I COVID? But Taken in, into a, into a coma, into a coma and ventilated and then dead. Well, I can tell you from personal experience that, that ventilators are not fun. Like, oh, Were you on it? Were you on a ventilator? Did they, you, was, yours in, was yours in just coma? Did they put you into one? Because of the, obviously yeah. the severity of the burns. Yeah dosed me up when I went on the helicopter and then I had some fucking trippy dreams and some terrible fucking nightmares and then they woke me up 16 days later oh, trussed up like fucking what was that show the singing detective and all the bandages and that 
<laughs> but yeah, so I I know of two people that died from it. I've no idea if they had any underlying conditions. And I know two I know one person in fact I know two people that tested positive. That was uh Jenna and Grace, mm-hmm. Bobby's wife and daughter. And they felt kind of ropey, but got through it. And then the guy that I had on a couple of episodes ago, he had it and he felt like he had a cold. He felt a bit shit for a day and then he felt all right. Now, he's double jabbed. So there's like, you can't really say if he hadn't had those jabs, how much better or worse he would have felt. Fucking... I know quite I know quite a lot of people that have had it, but that's probably I think it's been a little bit more widespread down in the central belt than what it has yeah. in the north well, of Scotland. Again, it's closer proximity, a lot denser population, isn't it? Yeah. I do um, feel bad for the people luckily we still lived out in the countryside, so we were still able to go like out round the garden and that and get fresh air and be outside. If you're in one of those blocks of flats and you don't even have a balcony. And you're looking out the window. Fucking that must no wonder some people were fucking like had a rough time of it. Like, <laughs> <clears throat> I, I know you feel for folk. We we've got a garden and we live I mean the golf course was closed, so yeah. it was just full of walkers all the time. So we'd yeah. take the boys up the golf course and just walk around the golf course. Yeah. Um but you know, I'm optimistic that even though I think this is going to be part of our lives going forward as uh, the herd immunity, as they refer to it, builds up and increases, then a lot more people are going to find that it's quite survivable. It's going to be like the flu. Some people well, that's... get it and be fine. Some people get it and feel shit. And unfortunately, some people will get it and die. But that's, well, that's what I was going to say. Everything. That's what I was going to say to you, that the end goal for it always had to be, even New Zealand, who had that whole zero COVID policy for ages, the end goal had to be to turn it into something comparable to a flu um, because they were never going to eradicate it. So uh, with the vaccines and uh, the different medications, I, I heard that there was a new a new medication that, there was, that was being trialled and they believe that it'll it's very effective at stopping people from becoming seriously ill and dying from it. I mean, Ivermectin. No, not that one. Say that word. (laughs) No, it's an it's another one. It's another one. It's obviously one that's uh, got a bit of funding behind it because they're saying it's successful. So, um, well, I my stepdaughter, her pals live and work out in Dubai. And they got their vaccines were rolled out like two months before everyone else. Because obviously mm-hmm. there's money out there behind it. The same in Russia. Apparently people in Russia got theirs like fucking two, three months before anyone else. Which does, but that... That, that points to the fact that the theory that some people had advanced notice, if you know what I mean. Like it was... Uh, well, the thing with for... Russia, the thing with Russia as well is they're a little bit less bound by legislation and standards. health and health and safety standards. <laughs> I mean look at the whole the whole race for um I don't know if you ever read any of them things about when they were trying to create 
nuclear-powered aircraft. And the, the problem that they had with it was that they couldn't um, yeah, get the technology. <laughs> no, well, they couldn't get the technology to work because they, to encase the reactor, they had to encase it in lead or something like that, and it was fucking too, hev- too heavy for a plane. So, but the Russians actually apparently did fly one, and the way that they'd done it was they just didn't bother encasing it in lead and just fucking sacrificed two pilots. <laughs> you fuck, get in that and fly it. <laughs> well, wasn't okay. it the, the V bombers were our nuclear capable aircraft, weren't they? Yeah, but I, I mean, I mean, actually nuclear fueled like the nuclear subs. Oh, shit. I'm sure the Russians flew one. Either that or a dreamer. So, so like Either's possible. Well, I mean, look at the fucking state of Chernobyl, for fuck's sake. Did you watch that dramatization when it was on Netflix? Yeah, it was amazing, eh? That was really good. Unreal. And imagine, like, I've worked in the vicinity of radioactive sources before at one of my old jobs in Dice. And it's just a fucking bit of metal. That's what that's what's like scary about it. Stuff like that is like uranium or plutonium. It just looks like a bit of metal. Yeah, exposure to it for any length of time fucking kill you. And that that lads in Chernobyl that had no idea what was happening, they must have been absolutely fucking terrified. Depending how much of it is poetic license as well, because that bit when they were told, you know, go there and take a look at it, and you're like, the reactor's open. It's an open fucking nuclear reactor. I'm not going to go and look at it, you arsehole. You go and look at it. Or whatever the Russian for arsehole is. I know. It was... You felt sorry for them. I mean, the programme was really well done. See, when they were going in and they were... The initial people was it the firefighters that were initially there and and their families were going and visiting and they basically just melted. Yeah. Like, literally melted. That's crazy, man. Unbelievable. And then a lot of the doctors that treated them died, and yeah, family members died. And remember that that once you lost a baby, I think a lot of it was you know dramatized and representative of all people. Well, but... apparently, the the female scientist that was like pushing the investigation that was she was created for the program because it was actually a small team of scientists yeah she represented a group of people yeah yeah that yeah. character represented a group of people i remember yeah. seeing that at the end yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but like um, even like the reporters that were like interviewing the people in hospital and that some of them got fucking ill and stuff mm-hmm. fucking unbelievable like they try to put a lid on that bastard and all. Oh. Well, they have put a lid on that bastard now, haven't they? They've put that big fucking dome over it. Mm-hmm. But you can hold uh, well, it in Chernobyl <clears throat> if you want. Well, they've actually they, they built that new... There was the, the original sort of sarcophagus or whatever it was they called it. There was an original one. And then they built that new one that they sort of drove over the top of it and then started taking down the original one because it was... Uh, but they, they built like these robotic cranes and everything. Um, to like take it all apart, it's pretty cool. Like, um, and they they reckon that they'll be able to clean up clean it all up. But you can actually go to Chernobyl now. It's uh, there's, 
Das passt ja. Ja, das ist aber auch ein Touristy, aber. fucking. There's bits, though, where you don't need a microwave to heat your Russell burger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This I don't know what's more like dangerous, that, though. That place is where they did, like, the nuclear testing in Nevada as well. Mm-hmm. And that um, that reef's out in the Pacific. That they did oh, nuclear what testing. was the name of that island? Penwell uh, Island. Uh, what was the other ones that they were called? Well, then, the Japanese one that they bombed the shite out of. Oh, I can't remember. Midway? No, Midway was a battle in it during the Second World War. I can't remember. One island in the Pacific. No, there was one that they, that they dropped a lot of the atomic uh, testing. The French done it as well, though, didn't they? They'd done a lot oh, of they testing. Did it, they did it subsurface. Mm. Remember when we uh, talking about the French when we stole their big fucking chicken in, in the Gulf? Yeah. That was uh remember it ended up in forty three because mm-hmm. they were the fighting cocks and we kept nicking it on back shift and swing shift and taking it into the feeder. What was the name of that wifey in the feeder? I was looking at the treble old treble one site on uh maps last night actually with the satellite because it's it's quite clear photos. I'd completely forgot that she existed until you just mentioned her. <laughs> But I immediately remembered her name. What is it? She was called Mo. Mo, that was it, yeah. All right, my darling. She was fucking <laughs> crazy. That was some sausage. Hair, like. uh, big grey buff on. Yeah. Uh, Mo. I, to- I totally forgot about the feeder until you met. I remember the bar and that in it, but I totally yeah. forgot. Forget ever eating in there or that until you remember, uh, till you mentioned it. Yeah, then. I remember Strathy used to make his Tamintar sauce, man. Mm-hmm. Sachet tomato, just... sachet a mint, and sachet of fucking tartar sauce. Mm-hmm. He said he was going to trademark it, man. <laughs> I remember Strath. Um, he, he for a while was, he liked, I don't know. I wouldn't say liked, but he had an interest in watching all them sort of videos that were out. Um, people getting their heads cut off and stuff. Aye. Like like Ken Bigley and all of that. Aye. Because he'd, he'd watched them all because he said to me, I says, I've watched them all. See, see what it was. I says, all right. I says, what's it like? And he says, right, well, I'll show you this video. And if you can't handle this, then... I wouldn't recommend watching any other ones. Where the and fuck it was did you get them from? <clears throat> well, there was a website called SnuffX, I think it was, back in the day, and you could see all these videos were uploaded to it. Like, oh, horrible shit. So he showed me this video of, uh, I think it was a Chechen soldier. Uh, oh, I remember that one. The and, the, uh, and they had the, the oh. Russian soldier had his boot on his head. Oh, yeah. And then they, they ripped his throat out, and I was like, "No, nah, this isn't for me. I can't, I can't handle that." And he's like, "Well, well, don't watch any of the other stuff." Then. Yeah, that's fucking hardcore, like. But he obviously, I don't know. He had that big fucking healing constitution where things didn't phase him. <laughs> but I, it phased me. I was like, nah, "I'm not watching that. That's too much. I can't handle that." No. But, yeah, I've, you know, I have seen. In passing, things like that, but I don't. I wouldn't actually go. 
it's one thing if it's for a movie and you know it's special effects, but seeing mm. it like a real person is fucking watching watch someone die right in front of you. Yeah. I mean, I've seen I've seen the pictures of was it James Foley? Um, the pictures of him on his knees before it, and then I've seen the pictures of them holding his head up and that before it. Yeah, but I don't. But the videos not are out there. But nah, I'm not. I'm sure they've uploaded them to Twitter. <laughs> ah, they don't give a fuck. It's just like fucking unreal, man. But unreal. But that's that whole outside interference argument, isn't it? Creating the vacuum and that. If you remove one arsehole from power. There's always another arsehole in the wings. Well, right? he kept he kept them in check to an extent, didn't he, old Saddam and the other boy, think, fucking yeah. Gaddafi and all of that, you know? Yeah. Might have been a fucking dictatorship and a fucking shithole, but it was his shithole, and they weren't running about wild. Yeah, but they also had a lot of oil kicking about there, and they weren't interested in letting the Americans in. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, was it not that was it was it not some something about they wanted to get rid of the petrol dollar or something like that and change the currency and that was the fucking straw that broke the the camel's back. Well, <laughs> enough. What was it? Saudi created a instability because they wanted to move away from gold being the source of finance to oil or so, or vice versa. One of the one of them's oil. Like, you know how, like, the value of all money is essentially based on a country's net worth. And for a lot of countries, like the UK, um, Switzerland, um, France, etc., that market is weighed up against the value of gold. Yeah. And each country has, like, an actual stash of gold. That's how the currencies are fucking measured. Well, there was... Something. But, but there was... those nations out there wanted to move away from gold and base it on oil or something I know, like but that. That's but if you look at it, flooded the market with oil. If you look at it, all barrels of oil, it's $80 a barrel or $100 a barrel. They wanted to move away from what they call the petrodollars. They wanted to put it against another currency or something like that. And okay. it basically would have fucked over the Americans. You know, if, if their currency wasn't the basis for the oil, worldwide oil right, thing. Okay. And I I don't know, this is one of these conspiracy theory things that was going on to you before about how some stuff um, may have basis and a foundation to it. And then by going on about stupid shit like flat earth and chemtrails, you remove any valid validity from things that they may have a point on. So I don't know how true it is, but I'm sure I read that somewhere and it seemed to make some sort of logical sense as to why the Americans were so pissed off and determined to go after these places. Um, but, but it's also as well, consider that whole thing. And I don't mean... create a it, distraction over here so that mm-hmm. then they can do something fucking sly in the background. How much of it is that as well? I mean, I don't mean any offence because I know you are a flat earther. Um <laughs> Yeah, having been yeah. the Lincoln, fucking, you could probably convince yeah. me flat. Well, ass. if you if you never noticed that when you drive to England, it always feels like you're driving downhill. Yeah. And when you come back to Scotland, it feels like you're driving uphill. Yeah. Why is, why is that? To England, it feels heavier almost and stinky, and the water tastes like shit. The water does taste like shit. The you're water right. Tastes like absolute fucking. Piss. What, what's what's wrong with them, man? Eh? 
It's like fucking drinking puddles. <laughs> remember how bad the water was at Cosford? Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh. I remember how bad the water was fucking last week when I was down that way. It's like the, the, when they boil their kettle. I and had to fucking, I had to, not that I'm a snob or anything, but I had to go and buy a bottle Bottled of water. Because uh-huh. it was fucking disgusting and it was warm. The tap uh-huh. water was warm and tasted stale. How the fuck? To be stick. to be fair, it was like that in Hamburg as well. The water was fucking rancid, man. But that's what it is. We're spoiled it's in Scotland. Laced with LSD and decomposing World War Two bombs. Yeah, and radiation. <laughs> yeah. And the that would happen. People. That would happen quite often. Um, the the radio would come on and it would be. Um, the Elbe Tunnel's closed because they've discovered another UXB that the bomb disposal squad are sorting out. The Elbe is the river in, that runs through the middle of Hamburg, just for anyone that doesn't know. Well, um, well it did but, get the shite bombed out of it, didn't it? Yep. And do you know, I've done a tour, uh, one of the bus tours of Hamburg. It's a great way to see a city if anybody's at uh, never been on one even like go go on the Edinburgh bus tour and things like that right mm-hmm. anyway I went on the bus tour of Hamburg and they were telling us that what they did during the second world war was they created these firestorms so they would bomb the shit out of somewhere and then they would drop, drop a load of incendiaries and it would basically create like a gigantic fire tornado mm. and what they were finding was um the people had knocked through the bottoms, the basements, all the houses, and they would find at the end of the row, they'd all sort of scurried like rats trying to get away from this um, fire vortex, and they would just find piles of bodies at the end. Fucking hell. Um, but it was uh, it was proper bad. They blasted that absolute shit out. It was, maybe it was at Hamburg or Dresden, they were telling us, because I went to Dresden as well. I mean, the dr- ar- arguably deserved... <laughs> Well, Dresden was very contentious, right? Because, or Dresden, as the Germans call it, that was very contentious because um, it happened after basically, I think Hitler was either dead or incapacitated, shall we say, at that point. Basically, the Germans were on the retreat and they were they were retreating back to Berlin. And basically, the war was all but over by the kicking and screaming, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they said that, Bomber Command, and this is why Bomber Command never got a load of awards and, and medals and shit like that. They blew the absolute fuck out of Dresden, and uh, or Dresden. They blew this. They blew the blew it to bits, and it was as a punishment. Mm. Um, a fine Britain and America. Well, Britain and America. It was something like ninety odd percent destruction. And That's actually, true. when <clears throat> when I stayed stayed in Germany. My friend Marcus, um, he was from just outside Dresden, yeah. And he took it. It took us. He came over to Scotland with us. So as a return, returning the favor, me and Heather went down to stay with his family just outside Dresden, and we were having a barbecue in his um, back garden. His grandfather was there, mm-hmm. and he was telling us um, he remembered because he was asking. Marcus told him that I was in the RAF. Mm-hmm. And his grandfather was talking to us, and he says, "Oh, I remember when um, 
we were here and their their town was like maybe 15, 20 miles outside of Dresden. And he says, I can remember as a little boy, I was talking to him in German. Mm. He was saying, I remember the whole of the sky was on fire. And he says, for as far as you could see, there was a line of bombers um, coming in and going back out. For three days, it was just a convoy of bombers. Night and day, he says, I think he said, the Americans by night and the British by day blew blew it to bits. Um, But it was like 90-odd percent destruction. And and you can look this part up. There's actually a a big building in the middle of Dresden. They've rebuilt it. It's really beautiful now. Um, And they hope so. Well, they rebuilt a lot of the buildings, the historical buildings. They rebuilt a lot of them using, um, like photos and things like that. And there's oh, a yeah. there's a building in the middle of Dresden called the Frauenkirche, which means ladies' church, I think, or women's church. Yeah. Um, and they used a lot of the original. Bl- when you look at it, if you Google it, you'll see that there's like black bricks, mm-hmm. and amongst the the new the new sort of building, and that was original bricks that they, they put back in yeah. so it's got some of the original uh, brickwork in it and on the top of it I think it's a golden orb and it was either paid for or donated or gifted by Britain, by the Queen and they said it was almost an acknowledgement of sort of peace offering or an apology without saying sorry because yeah. it was kind of contentious that well that was just a punishment we fucking Absolutely obliterated Dresden because of the likes of Coventry and London, the places that that the Luftwaffe blew up. So it was kind of like, well, guess what? Use her her in bother now, so we're going to fucking really hammer at home this time. But it was was pretty contentious, the whole Dresden thing, but it was really good to to go around. I knew that it was obliterated, but I didn't know that it was that close to the the end. The end, uh, yeah. Well, I believe that the reasoning that they gave was it was a major sort of supply line and um, route for the troops coming back from the Eastern Front. Um, so they wanted to cut that off. And that was the official sort of reasoning that they gave yeah, for hammering I, it so I, bad. Yeah, I thought there was, Dresden, there was a lot of, some of the war factories were out there as well. I don't know, but... Not, not after, not after that. There wasn't. <laughs> no, no, there wasn't much anything. There wasn't no. much anything left. Christ Almighty, that must be fucking terrifying. But imagine, see, imagine seeing that the whole sky's on fire. A little boy, and you just see planes flying. What if one of them gets it slightly wrong and fucking drops it twenty miles out of town right in your head? Well, you're not fucking. You're not going to know much about it. Like no, that's true. But not, I mean, not like today, where the weapons they <clears> develop will knock on your fucking front door and. Make sure you're in before exploding. Well, that's that's what uh, going back to our earlier discussions. Um, I think that's a, a big part of what's wrong with the whole modern society is that nobody's got any. I wouldn't say appetite for adversity, but they've not got the the resilience that are a couple of generations before us had. I mean, they they lived through that mm-hmm. them things going on. This generation would fucking wilt and crumble in a fucking fraction of a second faced when and like that. Yeah. Well, that was um, something I, I've heard again on another podcast before was um, hard times make hard people. Hard people make soft times. Soft times make soft people. Mm-hmm. And that's 
you know, you could argue that comparatively we're in softer times. It's there are challenges. People do have challenges and adversity, but generally speaking, it's pretty easy just now, isn't it? <clears throat> well, all things considered, when it when you know people were up in arms and losing their shit because McDonald's had run out of fucking milkshakes. <laughs> you know what I mean? When yeah. you put that into context, yeah. people were like actually had a ration book and had to go and live away from their parents in the countryside, not knowing if they would ever see their father again because he was away fucking fighting in Normandy or something. Yeah. When you compare it to what the adversity for people these days is, is oh, I'm having a hard time because... There's a lack of toilet roll. Aye, there's no bog roll. My hot water's not working. Mm. Central heating's gone off. Fucking hell. I say, people go, oh, I can't wipe my ass. You've got a bath, haven't you? You've got a shower. You've got got your hand in hot water. Go old. I think, I think that's where the sort of military training thing comes in. That I mean, for me, that was the whole basis. Of a lot of the things that they put you through was to make Find you tired. Different and, things to wipe your ass with. <laughs> well, that, but make you tired and put you in situations that were difficult whilst you were tired in order yeah. to make other things easier you know yeah yeah well that's that's part of the methodology is to strip any bad habits away mm. that you've learned through your life so that you just know instinctively how to make a clean clear cut decision mm. you know even under not get duress. not get flustered by things i remember we, down the falklands they kept us awake for three days doing this fucking exercise waiting for somebody to attack us and they were letting us sleep for like an hour at a time but basically by the time you got yourself sorted and fell asleep you're like get 10 minutes and then you're woke back up and so come the end of the three days you're absolutely knackered and then the attack lasts for half an hour i remember at lossy um the paras were set up in the 12 squadron has site and the marines were going to be staging uh, an attack mm-hmm. like the paras had taken hostages and the marines were coming in off of one of the aircraft carriers or something was just off the coast at Lossy. but we were on a reserve squadron so we were exempt from the exercise so our area like the hangars and the, the line was all coned off mm-hmm. and me and i think keith and a couple of other guys were on swing shift. Remember the big wolf lights, the torches, mm-hmm. the big fucking wolf lights. The big black ones. Yeah, so we were out doing the, the before flight services. And all these Marines were like leopard crawling in the long grass by the taxiway. So we just stood like fucking... Shining on them. Just tabbing, <laughs> shining the torches on them. All right, lads, how's it going? Fuck off. <laughs> we're like, lads, sit down here. Like shouting over, <laughs> they're here, lads. Fuck off, <laughs> fucking kill you. Just ah, <laughs> oh, we're behind the cones. You, you're in a, you're in a, a, a fucking active war. You can't touch us. We're exempt. Fuck you. <laughs> they were. Were mad. you there? But were you there when we done that one up at Ark Royal? And the um, there was a simulated riot, and we had to do the like um, security lines. So there was people. 
with the jets and then we had to create like this ringy steel or whatever it is the police call so we were all there and we had it might have been there was one that was at lookers um but we were there and there was oh, there was different scenarios in different parts of the yeah. base. And the um there was on the vast pan, there was a yeah. attack on the aircraft. And there was it was it was the RAF police that were playing the um protesters and they were coming right up and shouting in our faces and all like that. And we had to form this ring and then you had the grabbing squads behind them. So the, the ring would be there and then they would just split and then you would just grab one of the police and just fucking drag them in, <laughs> boot on the head and all that. It was great fun. Because the, the police were right up for it, you know. They were they were proper playing arseholes. I mean, they were arseholes anyway. Right. But um, we used to fucking drag them in. And I remember that. Somebody, so, somebody wiped one out with a rugby tackle as well. They came running in, absolutely flattened them, man. Remember the ground defence training at Halton? Down the mm-hmm. regiment section, we had a guy with us. His name was uh, Toby Wing, and he was <laughs> a, a rugby player. And he was built. He joined to be a PTI, and uh, you know they they simulate the checkpoint, and there's a, mm-hmm. a simulated terrorist attack. So this guy, there was this lassie who was pregnant, but the bump was just a pillow with like a bomb, mm-hmm. and the guy who was driving the car fucking takes off across the field with a handgun, like firing blanks, like and uh, remember they tell you you're supposed to say like, Air Force stop, stand still, or oh, Air yeah. Force stop or I fire Shit Guard like Commander Yeah, you have to be clear <laughs> with your instruction Remember so, that was on the video Guard yeah, Commander so this guy <laughs> fucking takes off and the drill at the end the regiment instructor that's with us was like, well, fucking do something. So Toby Wing just threw his gun down, <laughs> sprinting across the field after this guy screaming, Air Force, stop or I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and he caught the guy and textbook rugby tackled him round the fucking shins, like took his knees out and the guy hit the deck hard. <laughs> and fucking Toby put him in like a full Nelson and carried him back to the fucking checkpoint. <laughs> this fucking regiment guy screaming, Wing, what the but- fuck are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, well, I fucking got him, didn't I? <laughs> I've done something. Yeah, <laughs> I fucking did something. That's <laughs> fucking brilliant. <laughs> oh, there was some great, there was some great laughs back, back in the days. Yeah, yeah, unreal. Yeah, well, listen, that's fucking coming up for quarter to ten. I better let you go. You've got work at that in the morning and kids to think about. But uh, again, plug everything. Um, <laughs> both bands, Chasing Rainbows, you've got a Facebook page. Yep, it's on Noel Facebook Gallagher's page. High Flying High Carpets. Carpets, yep, on Facebook. Facebook. page. Yep. All your upcoming think... gigs on there. I don't know, probably. <laughs> <laughs> But there's, vid- there's videos and stuff if folk want to check us out. And, Is that just uh, on Facebook or are you got Insta? And yeah, there's, I think there's some stuff on YouTube as well and we've got an Instagram, I think. Um, but I don't know. I don't well, really people, do, yeah. check it out on Facebook. Noel Gallagher's mm-hmm. High Flying Carpets and Chasing Rainbows. And then, um, I'm, like I say, I'll, I'll get Heather on. Yeah, night just do like a cross broadcast, but she's got a, 
podcast speak out not in is that on facebook she got a page on facebook you think uh yes and i think i don't know where they upload their stuff to um but if you want to listen to any of them sort of mental health chatting type things on that and then go on that page on facebook and you'll find it yeah it's probably going to be in the same ones as you it's so easy to upload to all the platforms spotify apple Podcasts, whatever so yeah take a look right then i'll let you get off then del thank you very much for doing this i'll catch up with you soon for that no worries mate you take right. it easy good to see you after so long after i know fucking 48 hours <laughs> <laughs> i know all right mate i, I appreciate your help with it though thank you very much i'll catch up no problem at all all right mate now. right bye catch bye. you later bye well well ladies gentlemen boys and girls non-binaries prefer not to say people who identify as pot plants this is just a short little outro just to give the the trademark shout at the end as it were and i I hope you enjoyed listening to that and and listen if there are points and statements and things in that that you didn't agree with it's okay it's okay to disagree i think that I've learned from listening to other podcasts and in doing this that you don't agree with everyone and you shouldn't agree with everything for with everybody because it's it's natural to have discussion and maybe sometimes heated debates but a debate is good because that's how everyone grows and learns and um, can adapt and change you know, we did do quite a lot of talking about the whole COVID situation, but again, it's a, a situation that has affected everyone to varying degrees and varying severities. But certainly, from my own point of view, when it all first started kicking off, my I was very fortunate in my job that we worked outdoors, like individually, we were... We weren't in offices when we had to do office-based admin. It was from home, you know. And when we were out and about, if we were meeting technicians, it was on in a on a wind farm or up a mountain somewhere, or you know, we weren't in close quarters, close proximity to people, so it didn't really affect us day to day work-wise. But uh, I was uh, one of the theories that's now being investigated about the cause of the whole pandemic was the the lab leak theory now when it first started i was very much on board with the whole wet market story like oh you know like somebody ate an infected bat and that's how it went off like and i thought no way no way this would be in a lab why the fuck would they make this in a lab but that since then it has been released that they were working on coronaviruses in this lab in Wuhan and now the the theory that it was originated from a, a lab leak is being investigated seriously and I remember if you uh, suggested that it was man-made came from a lab you were ostracized as a fucking conspiracy nut but you know you that's it you live and learn you through research or 
word of mouth or discussion with people more intelligent than yourself or you can even learn from people less intelligent than yourself you know different points of views and that's how you grow ladies gentlemen boys girls pot plants prefer not to say so that's how you grow anyway that's enough of me and my soapbox so until next time Fucking... Like it!